when I hear you cry It's at that time I want to hold you tight In my arms I was coming back from Milton Keynes I'd been to see um, Simple Minds in concert with my friend you know that and we ended up at Moorgate train station sitting on the floor right. and all of a sudden he came over to ask us for a light for a cigarette. Just, I, I remember squatting down beside her, she was sitting on one of the salt things, the salt spreaders. You know, I sort of like squatted down and I, I was talking to her but she had her hair over her face, I couldn't really see her. Like, she was talking like at the, at the corner of her hair sort of thing, you know. And I didn't even look at her, I was quite shy. And I got a light and was sitting there, I had a fag and all that. I say, got talking and said to me, like, just come out of prison, blah, blah, blah. Yesterday, I've only been out a day and you know, they asked me where I was, as I say, Maidstone prison. And the train came and he asked if this train went to West London. West London. And I said, yes. And it no, didn't. It was going the complete opposite way. <laughs> so he jumped on the train, looked up on the map and realised he was going the wrong way, jumped off. And I said to my friend, because we were only young at the time, well, 26, 27, I said, oh, we would have had a laugh with him. We passed there quite a lot now, didn't we? Always like, you know, and we always try and find a space where it was, but it's all changed and been modernised or whatever. But So we jumped off the train to go back to the stop that we'd, to see if he was still there, and we'd missed our last train. I couldn't get him out of my head. He kept playing on my mind, so... A week had gone past. And when I went to ovation, she said, I've got a letter here from you, somebody's rich. I said, oh, okay. I suppose I was intrigued, do you know what I mean? Like, wow, like, who's this girl, like, gone right out of her way to find me, do you know what I mean? You know, and found me. So I told my probation officer, she just smiled or whatever, and I walked out of there, that's in South Wimbledon. He'd received the letter, so he phoned me on the Tuesday, and we met on the Wednesday, the next day, yeah. and we've been together ever since. And so that's why I do believe in love at first sight, because that it happened to me. But he's been bloody hard work all through it, but I stood by him and I just stuck to my guns. Yeah, yeah, very good looking, chatty, always up for a laugh, never got the arm, never miserable. And lovely blue eyes. Always making a laugh and a joke out of things and brings you up as well even if you're down even now if I get feel like oh Darren's the one for me to like come on you're right and you're down you're like free. then we'll walk along with our heads held high as I say when I come out of that sentence I, I, you know, I, I wanted to do the right thing. I wanted to try and live a normal life and, you know, get myself a nice girlfriend and, and have a, you know, child and, you know, what I mean, like start settling down, you know, because I had all this madness in, in my younger years. It, it was everything that I'd visualised or what I wanted in my life. We fell in love very quickly. We was happy together. You know, we had a lot of dreams and aspirations together, didn't we? And, and similar things. And we, you know, was very. What were your dreams? Um, I suppose at that time was just, you know, to settle down and to have something solid, a good, nothing normality. much, just normality, just something nice and simple. I grew up, mum, dad, yeah. dad goes to work, mum looked after the house, looked after five children, clean, good food, good clothes. I think it's mum and dad come from the old school East London by the docks, you know, dad was a lorry driver, you know, old school cockney, and mum's actually Italian. Darren wanted to marry me and, and like a month later I fell pregnant with our son, who's now so, 27. Yeah. I was over the moon, you know, um, just, uh, you know, I felt like, you know, finally, you know, um, 
I had like my own family sort of thing, you know, you know, two people meeting from, from opposite ends of, you know, from where I grew up on a council estate in the middle of London and everything was just madness and drugs and violence and everything else. Um, and, and she grew up in, in, in like a, a village, if you like, in North Wallis at the time. Everybody knew everybody Compared else. Compared to where Darren actually came from, although I live in the art of East London, we could walk, you know, around all day and all night and, and leave the doors open. And that is the truth. That is how it was. My, my mum's friend was a barmaid and she'd come past at two o'clock in the morning and shout through and our door would be wide open and she'd close it. Living in West London, where Darren come from, if you come out your street door and walk around the corner, there's all the arcades still going, and you know it's a city, the West and End, and yeah, yeah, it was fast. Yeah, and there's a. We went to our friends one night, and I said to him, "Whistle up the window," to my friend, and he said, "No, I can't." He he, he said, "I can't, I can't do that. It's, I feel like I'm going to wake everybody up because yeah. it was quiet." Yeah. And when, yeah, when, so. when she actually drove me over there, when she picked me up at Plasto Station, I drove up. When, by the time we got, because was, this, was, this was all just flat ground at the yeah. time, obviously 30 years ago, 28 years ago. And I felt like she was taking me into the country. As I say, from, from where I'd grown up, you know, I grew up in, in Edgware Road, Oxford Street, Baker Street, Marylebone, uh, Kilburn, you know, Paddington, Warwick Avenue, you know. We spoke different. Yeah, I mean. When. I, I, she, he was quite. I thought Darren was, was quite, quite posh, posh <laughs> compared to where I speak. Yeah, because I used to pronounce my words properly, and she, she's going, "All right, love, how are you? Get your trousers on, like you know. Oh, you got a pound, like you know." I was like, "Yeah." Well, yeah. He'd say, "Have you got a pound?" And I'd say, "Have you got a pound?" Yeah. So. So there's a lot yeah. of yeah. <laughs> oh. So yeah. Um, go, go back a little bit. So you say it was really chaotic and full of violence. Can you sort of can you kind of describe it? I was anxious, I was afraid, I was insecure, um, I was lost. Um, as a child, yeah, definitely growing up all, f all through my teen years and all that. Um, as I say, there was a lot of dysfunction indoors. You know, my mum, uh, my dad died when I was nine, my mother's an alcoholic. After my dad died, you know, became very ma like major, majorly depressed. Uh, many times tried to commit suicide in front of us, you know, all as children, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. So, you know, very... Um, very troubling time, very, very chaotic time. Um, being put in psychiatric units, us kids being put in foster care and care homes, you know what I mean? And all, all you know, being split up between the family, no food. You know, it, it, we, we was poor. We, we was poor, you know? Um, and for me to, to, to try and survive in that environment, you know, with all the, the, the emotional and, and, you know, stuff that was going on at home, you know, and, and you know, me trying to deal with all that as a child, as like 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 year old kid, I, I, I turned to gangs and people that, that were outside on the streets and that, you know, that was that was my, like, you know, you class it as your family because you can go and have a laugh with them and a joke with them and then, but as soon as I left them, it was going back to this, this when I walked in the door, it was like, what's going to happen here now? Is my mum dead or, you know, is everything all right? Is the house smashed up or, do you know what I mean? Um, so I used to stay out most of the time and then obviously I got to the point where they put me into care I was in care from the age of 12, I mean, the age of 11 and 10, I was put in assessment centres and then I run away from them and I was put into lock-ups and secure units and stuff like that and run away from them. And... So, uh, well, a, f a few of the local boys, you know, from around East London, um, I don't know whether they like the fact that I was with Lorraine or not. Well, I think North Woolwich is very tiny. It's, it, you can walk around it in five minutes. There's water that side and that side. And I know everybody in Woolwich. It's very tight. 
I'll give you an example. If somebody from South London came over, which is through the foot tunnel or the Woolwich Ferry, everybody in North Woolwich would go, who was that fella who was over here? Everyone would know about it. So Darren was like a stranger coming over, mm. going into the local pubs. It was They was like, who's that fella? Who's that fella? Everyone would know that he wasn't from Woolwich. They just didn't like him from the off. But I can remember you saying, Darren, if they give me half a chance, you wouldn't, they would have liked me. Yeah, but yeah. they just didn't give you a they chance, did they? No. I mean, I think what were they doing? Can you just? Um, I mean, like for instance, we'd be in a pub, and then like me and Lorraine would be standing there having a drink, and they'd come walk straight in front of me and you, like me and Lorraine sitting there talking, and they'd stand there with their back to me and stand there talking to Lorraine, like and just be completely ignorant to me. Do you know what I mean? Um, Shout things across yeah. the bar. Oh, like, oh, where'd you get in from? Oh, he's a bit young for you. Where's yeah. four and a half years between us? Oh, he's a bit young for you. Yeah. It was something that that you know wasn't going to stop. Do you know what I mean? It was going to continue, obviously, you know, they'd be in their bonnet about me. And obviously, you know, I mean, listen, I come from a rough background, you know, mm-hmm. and in my place, you either stood up and be counted or, or, or you're going to get stamped all over. And I weren't one to be stamped all over, do you know what I mean? And nothing could undermine what I've been through in my family. So having a fight with somebody wasn't nothing to me, do you know what I mean? It was just like part of the process of growing up, do you know what I mean? Do you know um, what, Sarah? None of them boys that started on Darren, there was about seven, eight of them. None of them had been in prison before. No, they all go to work. I knew all their mums and dads. Their mums and dads was good mm. people that all went to work. It was because they was in that crowd. crowd yeah. He was on his own. Well, I don't know if you know, I went to a, a barbecue with Lorraine. I wasn't meant to be going that day. I was invited the night before, but I was fixing some cars, which I was doing at the time. Well, I wasn't going to go, was I? No, wasn't I wasn't go. going. I'd yeah. made up my mind not to yeah. go, but two of my friends kept ringing up saying, please come, please come, please come. And I was like, oh, no, please come. There was up, yeah, we were sitting on the floor and they surrounded us, didn't they? Like in a half moon sort of thing and, you know, put it on me. She was laying there with me. I was laying there. I had no shoes or socks on. I had no top and it was boiling hot in the summer. And I didn't say nothing. I thought if I say anything, I'm going to get a kick in the head or someone's going to stamp on me. Do you know what I mean? Like they was all, you know, they was towering over me. So, you know, Um, and I laid down and then, our friend jumped up and said, listen, what are you doing? This is my party. Don't come in here causing trouble. Blah, blah, blah. And they, then they circled behind me and went and sat on a rockery at the back of the garden where I was just like laying here. They were just behind me. Yeah. And police came around. Police came. And that was, that was it. 20 years in prison yeah, from that day. Yeah. Right, it's like everything just came crashing down. Like, it's like you've got to now try and, you know, get through it and start building it back up again. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, obviously... You know, I didn't go there with the intention of hurting anybody or harming anyone. I accepted that I used excessive force, but through fear and panic and, and, and you know, in fear of my own life, you know. Yeah, How were you coping mentally at that time? Can you remember? I'm, I'm, I'm a very outgoing and positive person. You know, that when things happen or if things go wrong, I dust myself down, then I lie and say, well, do you know what? I'll just get on with it. Just let's go again. When I get a little bit depressed, I only get depressed for one day, and I think, now I sod this, I'm going to get up, and I'll get up, and I'll just march on again. Because yeah, I'm so quite, I know sometimes I feel a little bit weepy, but I'm I'm a tough nut to crack down. He yeah, yeah. says that about me. Know. I'm quite, I'm strong. Yeah. Well, I, I know yeah. I am. Well, do you know what, Sarah? I just took every each day as it come. I looked at my mum and dad and I want to be, I wanted to be like them. You know, my dad went to work, brought the money home and I had a really easy, free, happy upbringing. So now I've got my baby, you're going to be the same. 
you ain't having no stress, no worries, don't worry, I'll do all the worrying. And I just got on with it. I didn't know what, how, how, what else I could do. I'm not going to sit in the corner and just cry every day. Although I did cry, but no, the kids never seen me do that. Oh. I just was strong for them. Because I always thought, well, if I'm crying and I'm suffering, then they're going to suffer. And I wasn't going to let that happen. Show that side of it. No, nah, never. So I just got on with it. I kept asking her, are you sure you want to wait for me? Do you, do you want to do this? Like, you know, you don't have to do this. And no, what are you talking about? I love you. Of course, I'm stuck. I'm not going nowhere, you know. So do you know what? Uh, I, I just wanted, you know, the fact that she, I knew she weren't going nowhere and she was standing by me and she weren't, you know, she was on the visits every two weeks and, you know, she was always there for me. Um, How did you feel? Each time, you know, two weeks has happened, the rain will be coming to visit you. I'd have the, the, the washing machines, I'd have all my clothes washed and, and with all comfort and everything. I'd be ironing them, I'd be getting an haircut, you know, having a nice shave, freshening up, you know, running around, because some people used to have half shaves, some people didn't, you know, it depends if the reception, you can get it off the reception office or not. Yeah. So, yeah How did you feel, Lorraine? Like, like a, a bag of nerves. <laughs> Shook from head to toe before a visit. Even couldn't get off the toilet. I was in a state. Couldn't get off the toilet. Couldn't. I didn't care. I don't care. That's the truth. Yeah. I felt ill. I, felt I Ill. shook all the way in there. Once I got in there, I was all right. Yeah. I bought myself something new every time I went on a visit to yeah. wear. Yeah. All had new clothes on. We walked in that prison like a million dollars. Yeah. We never had a penny in our pockets, but yeah. no one knew that. Yeah. <laughs> it was four years into the sentence because we got married in prison. Well, I never wanted to get married. His Darren kept asking me, and one day he said on the visit, I'm not going to ask you no more, after about 50 times. I went, just ask me one more time. And he asked me, and I said, yeah, okay. I've still got the dress upstairs. But what I didn't know is that my friend Jane got a limousine to take me to the prison to get married. And when we pulled up to Wormwood Scrubs where we got married and they opened the gates, oh, my God, I was so embarrassed. Getting married meant, meant a lot to me. It was that was a commitment that when when I, you know, stood there and, and and said my vows that that was something that I wanted to do once and that was it and I didn't want nothing else. You know what I mean? And you know I wanted to to grow old together and you know be a a, a mother, a father, grandmother, a, a, a granddad, and you know let them look back and say, you know, well look at my nan granddad. They've been together fifty years, sixty years. You know what I mean? I, I think that's beautiful. You know, it's like proper old school, isn't it? It's like it's the, obviously I didn't know. What goes on in prison? I don't know. What I didn't know what was happening. Uh -huh. All I all I did was play my part in keeping my house nice for my children, making sure that they were safe and they yeah, had everything sure. and oh, never went right. without. And good food and always here for them. You know they yeah. used to laugh at me, the kids, because what they'd take off would be washed, dried, and put back in the cupboard the same night. Yeah. But that's how I am, and I would never change that. Yeah. That kept me going, Sarah. Mm. Yeah. That kept me going, being yeah. being that person. You know, as much as I tried to do the right thing in prison, um, is that I, I carried round. Um, it was like a survival pack in that, you know, as a young child to get me food to to take me away from what was going on at home. Do you know what I mean? So, what was to, in the first aid pack? What? Um, it was just all my manipulative and devious behaviours that I could use at any time if I needed money, if I needed food, if I needed clothes, if I needed, you know. If, if whatever I needed, mm -hmm. that survival pack would, would help me get that. And it was like I was always thinking about what I could get out of that person. And, and yeah, if, mm -hmm. it, if it wasn't screwed down, I, I would take it. Um, you know, and I was always articulate, always respectful, always polite. You know, so you'd be drawn in by that. You know, 
um, and then I'd use it to my advantage if I needed it later on. So everybody I met was a potential victim, if you like. And you didn't um, ever feel guilty? Didn't, know. No. no, I didn't, no, no. And Darren did manipulate me many times. Oh. And those behaviours are still prevalent throughout prison. You know, I took loads of drugs when I was in prison um, to get me through certain periods of it. Um, you know, I'm running around like lunatics with parcels and drugs and, you know, phones and all sorts of, you know, the, 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 the stuff that they do in prisons. And in that, you know, um, you know, I was moved or I was taking drugs myself and coming out on visits and lying to Lorraine about what I was doing and what I weren't doing. You know, so um, I, I drove her absolutely potty, mate, throughout, throughout that life sentence. She was brought up man, with drinking drugs as well. Yeah, yeah, violence. And, and violence, I wasn't. Yeah, yeah. I, none of my brothers yeah. smoke a fag. They so, don't so, drink and so, smoke, so you if, know. If I, if I ever done anything wrong, you know, it was just like a normal thing to me that, that you know, because that's, that's the way I've lived my life. And that those, you know, where she said to me, like, what'd you do that for? Because my dad you know? used to always say to me, if you do the right thing, nothing can go wrong, can it? Because you're doing the right thing. Mm. And don't cut corners. Mm. Because you're going to have to come all the way around and start again. So do things properly and you'll be all right. Yeah. So... And I, I suppose, you know, we've we, we spoke about this many, many times that, you know, from our, our different backgrounds and our different lifestyles, things to the rain are black and white. Yeah. You know, because she's had that structured life mm. where for me there's loads of grey areas in everything I do, you know. Um, although, you know, going back to prison, the recall, you know, made me sit down and say, you know what, I'm 50 odd years of age. When is this going to change? When is it going to stop? And it was about me taking off that survival pack, throwing it away and saying, do you know what? I don't care what happens now. If I haven't got a penny in my pocket, if I'm, you know, if, if, I, if, if I haven't got no, if I haven't got no phone, if I have got no food or nothing, I will go without. I will go without, but I'll get there and, and I'll do it right and take each day as it comes and each step as it comes. And as each of them behaviours, you know, and I just see it in people and, and see their behaviours in prison and, you know, and they'd come to me like friends, you know, come, can you get rid of that down? I say, no, do you know what, mate? I don't do that no more. I'm done. You know, and then you know, so run around the landings and be around the land, talking to people, doing haircuts. You know, I was I was I was a mentor, I was a, a peer supporter. Do you know what I mean? I, you know, I was a listener. So I, I was always out of the prison, always walking about, and people used to call me all the time. And before I actually made that commitment to myself to to say enough's enough, um, I would pass bits from one door to the other. But you know, you take that off of him from one door and pass it to the next, and they go, no, that's too small. Give it back to him. And I'll give it back to him. And they say to me, that's not what I give you, mate. And all of a sudden, you're in an argument. I said, hold up, whoa, 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 hold up, you're mate. I've done you a favour, and now all of a sudden I'm in the middle, and you two want to beat me. I'm thinking I've nicked something. Yeah. Like this is stopping. And it got to, like, but everybody used to shout me out and then, Darren, come to my door. Darren, come to my door. You know. And in the end, I said, you know what? Enough's enough. I'm done. I'm, I'm finished, mate. I'm stopped. So I used to go to the door and say, listen, he said to me, do me a favour, just pass it. I say, do you know what? I don't do it, man. I'm done. And and sooner or later, you know, I walk past their cells and they go, yeah, call that fellow just walk past. They go, no, it's Darren, he won't do nothing, man. He don't do nothing. So, you know, and then it changed. I, I turned it round. Do you know what I mean? I managed to come out of the, of the circle and then change, start changing it round, you know, slowly but surely. And the more I'd done it, you know, it's like, you know, I, I didn't want nothing off of nobody else. I didn't need nothing off of nobody else. I was self-sufficient. I was, you know... Um, looking after my money and you know I was cutting lots of hair so I was getting extra bits from that and so I always had my food I always had everything I needed I didn't have to ask nobody for nothing if anything people now come and ask me for something and you know I was I say to Lorraine now you know I, I mean before that talking to people was, was about you know the opportunities that I could get out of those people whereas you know now 
it's, it's turned around full circle and uh, so yeah what is amazing about this is um you came to that decision yourself it, it, it yeah. was nothing to do with seeing a therapist or... no, no 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 I mean I've been through all that one-to-one psychology therapists and all that sort of stuff counseling thinking skills courses anger management courses you know victim awareness all that sort of stuff done them all many 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 times I mean the probable board actually said to me at the end of my probable board don't do no more courses you don't need to do any more courses we need to see you work in those courses but for some reason I was still carrying these behaviors of these these this rucksack on my back I had to make that conscious decision to say do you know what I'm, 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 that's done. I'm finished with it. I don't want them no more. I don't need them behaviours no more. Because, you know, at one point they served a purpose and then they were just causing chaos all through my life, you know, and, and, and they did for, for an extra 30 years, 25 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and have you noticed a difference in Darren and Rain? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Darren wanted to help everybody when he first came out of prison, but he couldn't help himself. Yeah. Yet to you know, and I could have bought that when Darren was in prison. I, I could have bought him everything, and you know the kids love me, love the kids, and he was still acting up and taking drugs. The only thing that could have changed Darren was Darren changing it. No one else, don't matter what anyone said to him, don't what any, don't matter what anyone got him or done for him, Darren had to make that choice and change himself, because yeah, them drugs was bigger than me and my kids. We, I, I thought we was never enough for him. So, but now he's changed. But Darren's got his faith now, mm-hmm. and you know he's a Christian and believes in God, and I don't. <laughs> that has done it for Darren because he did say to me the other week that he tried everything to get off of drugs, nothing worked for him. Finding that faith and that has changed you, Darren. It, although you still, yeah, you always yeah, had that. You said, yeah. "Do you know what? You no, know, you're bang on." And but I've I've still got to, still got to do that every day. I've still got to, you know do what I'm doing and make a forward step and a, a positive step every day, or you know try and do something constructive that that is building foundations for 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 the for the life where I want to be now and our the people future. that I want to be I want to associate and, and our future, you know. Whereas before um, there was no solid foundation. It was just me just doing what I could at any time and just you know. And, you know, don't get me wrong, you know, when I was out last time, I worked hard, didn't I, like, You know, yeah, I worked work really hard. hard to set up a business. But, but you also said that... It weren't coming from the When world. you was in prison, everything that you ever wanted was already here. Yeah, 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 it was, yeah. I mean, yeah, it was all here. And, and, and that was a realisation, as I said to yeah. you, Pentonville as well, yeah. you know. When I decided to make that commitment, it was like everything else, like after that, you know, when I was doing the right thing every day and I weren't getting involved in nothing, you know... Um, you know, I was shown loads of favour by the officers. They could see, I mean, they, they, they literally see, you know, I was, I was like a shining light in there, you know. And they'd open my door and say, do me a favour, go and talk to that young fella, young offender over there, he's got a few, blah, 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 blah. And I'd go and talk to them, or I'd be a, a listener, and they call me out and say, listen, there's a listener over on G-Wing or the hospital. And I'd walk around the prison like 12, 1 o'clock in the morning on my own, you know, which is like, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen, you know. Um, and, you know, so I had loads of trust, loads of respect in there. Um, and I remember standing there one day on the landing and thinking, wow, like, you know, and a lot of people I was talking to, because I talk to a lot of people every day, there's like a thousand people in there, 1,200 people in Pentonville. And I remember standing there one day and looking out on the landing and thought, like, everything that these people are looking for, I've got it. Yeah. Hmm. Shut up, you wallet. <laughs>
<laughs> and uh, yeah, and, and you know what? It was just like a realization. You know, that's like you know, for, for the chaos and the madness that had been going through my head for years and years and decades. You know that. Everything that I know that these people want and they're looking for and they need. Told you, you know, like I? a beautiful wife, a lovely home, you know, family. You know, even their mothers and fathers or whatever. You know that. Some of these kids didn't have mums and dads. They was like 18, 19. And they're like, they look, they look like children. Do you know what I mean? You know, and I, and I could see that, that these people were getting out in four to six weeks and, and they was coming back again. And I, I could see that. And like, I remember phoning the rain up and saying to her, look, I'm so grateful for you and I'm so sorry. And she said, that's all right, don't worry about it. It's only a couple of years, we'll be all right. So I'm not talking about the last two years. I'm talking about the last 30 years. I'm really sorry. You know? Mm. When I hear you cry, it's at that time I wanna <laughs> hold you tight. If we could clone the rage in my arms, I could sell them. I pull you close. You know that I'm near, oh baby, don't you cry. It's alright. Cause one of these days they're gonna release me. One of these days they set me free Then we'll walk along with our heads held high Alone That's you and me Now my love be strong Stronger than you have ever been before At this time No, you're alone You only have to look within your heart And I'll be there Cause one of these days they're gonna release me These days they set me free. Yeah. Then we we'll walk along with our heads held high. Alone. That's you and me.